2: Episode of our 2023 opponent preview series, moving things uh, right along. Had a great time talking to Joseph Camo from the Cardinal Rule Podcast to preview the Cardinals on Tuesday. Now we're moving on to the Cleveland Browns and the odd rotation that dictates how we fall upon our our uh, AFC same place opponent. And I don't know if I broke this down in the last episode, but as you guys know, with the NFL schedule and how it's laid out, most of it is dictated by a rotation. And the rotation being, you know, an NFC conference, an NFC division, not, uh, not your own, and then another AFC. So you play the same conference once every three years in the NFC, once every four years in the AFC. Only three of your games are determined by your record or your finishing uh you know where you end up finishing. And with the with the with the out of conference same place opponent it's rotational as well as where you finished because the rotation is it's the it's the out of conference division that you played 2 years ago and then the team that finished in the same spot that you did. That's how that was the formula for determining how the, the AFC uh, same-place opponent is determined. And two years ago, in 2021, our AFC conference was the AFC North, the fourth-place finisher being the Cleveland Browns. So we're going to be talking about the Cleveland Browns uh, for 2023 uh, for today's uh, episode. And um, from the Battle of Ohio podcast, Thomas Starger will be joining us here uh, in just a moment to preview this team to talk about the turbulent year that was 2022, the whole mess with Deshaun Watson, the controversy surrounding not only his signing and that insane contract that the Browns gave him, but the fact that, you know, number one, they did give up that King's ransom uh, to bring him in with the three first-round picks and and all the the day two and day three picks uh, on top of it when he was up to his neck in legal troubles uh, at the time having to serve the suspension, Jacoby Percet actually playing well while he was out and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And just the roller coaster of the year itself where the Browns ended up being a seven and 10 team. I didn't realize they won that many games uh, last year. So we talked to Thomas about all of that and looking ahead uh, to 2023 and what he's looking for as a fan and hoping for uh, from his, uh, his Cleveland Browns. So had a really great conversation Uh, with him. So we say we go ahead and dive right in uh, to it. It's myself and Thomas Starder from the Battle of Ohio podcast, previewing the Cleveland Browns on the Same Place Opponent episode, uh, Same Place Opponent preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Our second Same Place Opponent episode has us traveling over to Ohio, we Will be battling the AFC North's Cleveland Browns uh, this year. That's how the rotation works out, and and here to help us preview these very interesting 2023 Cleveland Browns from the Battle of Ohio podcast, our good friend Thomas Stargell. Tom, welcome to the show, man.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it to be here, man. I'm really excited to be on this podcast.
2: Appreciate that. Well, you know, I I was uh, you and your 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 compadre Kyle Phelps were were good enough to have me on the Battle of Ohio back in 2021 when we when we played the AFC North and um yeah so I, I mean I wasn't able to have you on for the for the Browns because I met you after um I met you after I'd already had my Cleveland Browns guest on the show but you know Kyle was on the show f- and because they made the Super Bowl uh in 2021 <laughs> uh and everything so I got you know to know Kyle quite a bit that year but you know, having you on, uh, to kind of return the favor for me, having you on, on your show uh, back, in, uh, back in the 2021 uh, season. So, but since you are new to the show, we have a little tradition with our new friends that we have on the show. We ask the same three questions. The first one being, where are you from? The second one, where are you now? Because strangely enough, those two places are hardly ever the same. And number three, your favorite moment as a fan of your Cleveland Browns.
0: Alright, um, first of all Where I'm from, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio Born and raised uh, in Northeast Ohio um, Northeast Ohio Ranged from Cleveland to Youngstown To Warren to Akron uh, Where LeBron's from So um, so from Northeast Ohio I was, ra- I was raised in Cleveland um, I still live here I left for a little bit For college, I guess um, And I do plan on Leaving Cleveland eventually, I just haven't left yet I guess, so call it an excuse or whatever. Uh, my favorite sports moment as a Browns fan or as, as a, a Browns team? fan?
2: I'm sure you, 2016 with <laughs> LeBron, would top the list if I was asking about <laughs> Cleveland, period. That's, I mean, that's why it's no, kind no, of an no. iffy question because I, I think you're too young to have experienced the heyday of Schottenheimer in the 80s with Bernie Kosar and, and those guys. But, you know, it hasn't been the greatest since the Browns came back in 99, which I'm sure as a time period you're much more familiar with. You know, I, you know. Okay, you know. It's
0: funny about me being a young Browns fan, and you're right. I had nothing to root for. Is that we? Uh, I, I think that those moments in the '80s, those teams in the '80s, were kind of overrated, only because they never won a Super Bowl. We're here in Cleveland celebrating. Yeah. It. So <laughs> it's crazy to think about. Um, but my best moment as a young Browns fan, who's only 28 years old, mm-hmm. was probably seeing Baker Mayfield first game against the Jets.
2: Nice. Yeah, that was
0: uh, amazing
2: night. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, Remember that game? weren't they wearing the all brown uniforms that night? Yes, they were. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a uniform snob, so that kind of stuff kind of sticks out in my head. It's just like I'm. It's the Browns and the Jets, though not exactly the first game you'd gravitate towards. But the whole, you know, Baker Mayfield versus Sam Darnold thing was was interesting. And then I just remember the head to toe brown uniforms like oh boy that's a bad look but
0: uh yeah it was yeah it was the first yeah and that bad look the first playoff win the first regular season win in two years
2: right that's right (laughs) This is the same thing about yeah (laughs) yeah to go that long without winning one football game is uh yeah i mean you see it all the time in like high school and college but in the pros even the pros got to figure out how to do it every once in a while right
0: look I was in college for five years. Right. In the five years, the, in the five years that I was in college, the Cleveland Browns won 17 games in the five years. In the five years I was in college, the Cleveland Cavaliers went to four NBA finals. Right. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. Put that in perspective. Talk about a, an, an extreme, you know, from one extreme uh, to the other, you know. I was like yeah, we got one team that is literally scraping the bottom of the barrel and the other one that can't stop playing for the world title. So, yeah, it it's quite a situation. So, yeah. So let's talk about this this season that you guys had and and, and I was kind of surprised to see that the record was 7 and 10. It's like I didn't remember the Browns winning that many games and then when I, when I was looking at last year's schedule, I see the reason why, which is because right, like dead set in the middle of the schedule, you guys lost like seven out of eight games before finishing yeah. like five and three. To you know to to cap out yeah. the uh, to cap out the year. So I was more familiar with, oh, you know they had the two and one start. They should have been three and zero oh because they blew that game against the Jets uh, week two. That crazy comeback, my man missed the extra point, which would have tied the game, and uh, and all that kind of stuff. And then you lost four straight. You beat the Bengals because for some reason you guys are kryptonite to the Bengals. And then (laughs) you you lose two more before you go on that five and three run to finish out the year. So, I mean, not to mention you had the whole Deshaun Watson thing kind of hanging over the head. Like, he'll be back after his 11-game suspension is over. What's that going to look like? He hasn't really played football since, what, 2020 or 2021, uh, you know, kind of thing. So, all of the rust plus the controversy of his personal situation the, the, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So kind of take me through the roller coaster that was because you guys win that first game against Carolina. You should have beaten the Jets week two. You come out and you curb stomp the Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday night football. Jacoby Percet looks like a stud. Is like, do we even want Deshaun Watson uh, to come back? And then, then you go on that four-game losing streak and you're like, oh, okay. So I, I guess things have calmed down in Cleveland a little bit.
0: Uh, you know, I I would say this off season calmed a lot of people down. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to last season, though, last season is probably one of the most stressful seasons I've ever had as a Cleveland Browns fan mm-hmm. because whenever zero and sixteen, you're like they're bad. You yeah. know, they're just bad. You know, it, it's horrible. That season was horrible. But at the end of the day, I was just like, we got no talent. This is a bad team. Right. When we play this season is such, it was such a head-scratching and such a tiring season because of the Sean Watson thing. And, like, you want to see what that does to a fan base, a passionate fan base like us. It divides us. You hear people saying, oh, you should go root for Cincinnati. I would never root for Cincinnati. I'm sorry. No, don't cuss <laughs> that. And people are laughing at you and rooting for you to be bad. And people are hostile against you. You're just trying to watch a football team. Right. Because it was hard. It was hard. Uh, so... Um, it was an extreme circumstance, and it's very unfortunate for us this year because it's really hard for a team to see when you have to worry about a quarterback with uh, issues off the field. And you're like, oh, we have this great quarterback that we won't be able to see until later in the season. So I think that was a distraction in the locker room. I also think that it was a distraction in the locker room the way Baker Mayfield left and how Baker Mayfield had a lot of players in the locker room. And it was just back-to-back seasons where you have extreme situations with quarterbacks. Where last season, your quarterback uh, tore his labrum and you had to go a whole season with an injured quarterback. So the Browns never really had... The Browns haven't had a stable quarterback situation in the last two seasons. Right. Um, and you're starting to see that stability come back this year. Um so that that's one exciting thing that I have to say about this upcoming season for the um, for the Browns.
2: Well, you know about that. You know it's it, the the twenty the 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 off season going into twenty twenty two was somewhat mm-hmm. of a PR nightmare for the the Browns. It's like you had Baker Mayfield who was hurt for what ninety percent of the season for the love of the team and and, and trying to put the best foot forward. <laughs> he fights through. The injury obviously that goes sideways uh, on you because you know when you're injured you can only do so much. He's taking the hits and the winds aren't coming mm-hmm. and, and and all that kind of stuff. And their thanks for everything that he did was to bring in somebody else. You know, at a at a paying a price both in draft capital and in salary that says this is our guy unquestionably and pretty much thanks for nothing, Baker. Off to Carolina you go, you know, for a throwaway draft choice kind of thing. The controversy in signing Deshaun Watson, the madness of a fully guaranteed contract, especially for the dollar amount, you know, that he got. The ownership defending him, you know, and all that kind of stuff in in the public uh, and everything. It was just like by the start of 2022, you had to be like, can we just – play football please so we can stop talking about all this nonsense and just get on to the business of the game it's like cuz that's that's the one thing that i hate about you know trying to mix politics in you know or all that kind of stuff it's like i just want to watch the game i don't care about any of this stuff like when players want to make political statements or whatever it's it's like i'm not even in the mode of like shut up and dribble it's like dude i just want to watch the game i'm not trying to worry or talk yeah. about all this kind of stuff just play the game please for me not that i don't want you to have your aspirations and your opinions but please just let me watch the game this is my entertainment the one thing i look forward to and 2022 was just like the Cleveland Browns were everywhere for all the wrong reasons. It's like by the time the season started, you had to be so relieved. Like, football, we can talk about football now, and all the rest of that stuff is over with.
1: Yeah,
0: but it didn't – as much as as much as much I agree with you on that, and yeah. I really did feel that, I did not feel that way until the end of the season because it felt like the 2023 season or the 2022 season – was our punishment sure. to Cleveland. So even though you're right, I was finally like, yes, all of the accusations, all the stuff is pushing the back of the news. There was still that dark cloud all season. It, wasn't, right. it didn't feel like until the season was over where people kind of was just like, all right, we're kind of over it, let's move on type thing. Yeah. Um, it, it, you're so right. How exhausting it was To see your football team On the news every day And you're so excited About this Talented quarterback your city Haven't seen in generations You can't get excited About him because Of the allegations Of what's going yeah. on the news And do I know I know a lot of people That broke up With their girlfriend Because they said They're going to still Be brown I can add three. I'm like not joking. Right.
2: So. Yeah, yeah. No, I I get it, man. Oh. Just, and it's like you can be excited about the player, but you can't be excited about the man. At least not <laughs> at least not publicly. You know, if you don't want to have yeah. to hear it from everybody who's got an opinion uh, on it. it, it it's a hell of a spot to be in.
0: Yeah, it is. This is very unfortunate. You know, you know. I think it make it worse is the fact that he's Cleveland. Like I like. You're from Chicago. So, yes. like, I mean, I know I know people attack Chicago. Like, they don't, like, worship Chicago like they worship New York. But, like, in Cleveland, Cleveland's always the butt of every single joke, right. especially the Browns. So, it's harder for all this stuff to happen. And then it's the Browns. So, the Browns get zero benefit of the doubt. Mainly because we went over 16,
2: eight years ago. Right. So,
0: yeah, it, it was hard. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you
2: you 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 go on a decent run in the last seven eight games. You finish five and three. You beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Uh, you beat the oh, yeah. you know first first game for Deshaun Watson. You beat the Texans, even though he didn't play very well. You beat the you beat the Texans. You beat the Ravens uh, at home, yeah. and then the the last win of the year was Week 17. You, you beat the Commanders in. Washington which pretty much dashed any hopes they had of kind of sneaking into the the playoffs uh and, and everything. So you yeah, had a you strong Yeah, so you have a you had a strong finish to the season despite that that period right there in the middle that's losing 7 out of 8 games uh yeah. you know there. So I guess that it's like like you said 2022 is over. So even though that Deshaun Watson thing is never really going to go away, it's not front page like it was last year mm-hmm. um, or, or anything like that, and it's, you know, you've had a full offseason where a whole bunch of headlines have taken the attention uh, away from such a thing, and, and, you know, Cleveland and everyone else is ready to uh, move on, and so I guess you guys must really be looking forward to this season getting underway.
0: Well, I am, and I'm so happy because I've been waiting for this part of it because I think that we're on the other side of the am I'm, I'm really excited for what the Browns have coming this year. Um, you know, we traded for Elijah Moore. Right. Um, we drafted a third-round pick. Our third-round draft pick was four-receiver. So to give him Watson weapons, I think Donovan Jones took a great step last year. I think Amari Cooper is solid, and they brought in Godwin to give them an experienced receiver core. I really – I don't think we have the best receiving core, but I don't think we have a worst, uh, um, worst receiving core, especially we have a player like Nick Chubb in the backfield. We also have this backup running back named Jerome Forrest. I'm really excited about the Cleveland Browns offense going to this new season. And our offensive line is always top notch. Deshaun Watson has more weapons than he ever had in his career. And if we add DeAndre Hawkins, which I'm not saying we will, but we could, you know, we'd be sad on offense. I think our offense is going to be pretty good this year.
2: Well, I mean, it, I mean, it definitely on paper sounds like a good situation for you guys. I mean, having Nick Chubb is, you know, the ace in the hole to begin with. And then yeah. a, f- a full offseason for Deshaun Watson, you know, all the OTAs, training camp, and everything like that. He'll be seasoned in the offense, mm-hmm. you know, having, you know, had last offseason and, like, I guess OTAs and training camp before he had to get away from the team once the season started. He played those yeah. last seven games uh, and everything else. He got some wins uh, under his belt. And now you guys are ready to. You know, move forward with this with this season. Like you said, you mentioned you signing Marquise Goodwin. Um, you got um, you signed Juan Juan Thorhill, David Dallin Thomason, That will help out with the defense to go along with your new yeah, Juan Thorhill. Yeah, uh,
0: we traded for uh Zaire. What's his name? Zaire uh, and one more blame him, Man, the guy we traded for a, uh, for a edge from um, yeah yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking
2: on his name too, which is pissing me off because he's been in my division for like six years. Um, yeah, the, yeah, so the brothers. Yeah, it was the the the, the Packers signed this, the two guys with the same last name, and they call them the the brothers. And now I can't remember his last name. Damn it! Anyway, <laughs> actually, I got the transactions right here. Um, let me see. It's got to be in here somewhere. Happened before the draft, right?
0: Yeah, uh, we would have the right to put a draft. They also they there are two people I can't pronounce the names
2: of <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I noticed that is uh, was Zaire Smith, Zadarius Smith. Zaire Smith, Zadarius Z- 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 Smith. Yeah, Zadarius Z- Smith, the Smith brothers. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So he's he's in there. You got uh, Elijah Moore, which helped the Jets trade for Aaron Rodgers. So you're welcome. And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and you bring in an old Chicago Bears foe in Jim Schwartz as your new defensive coordinator. Former head coach of the Detroit Lions is probably the biggest douchebag of a head coach I've ever seen in my life. Like Detroit <laughs> became one of the most unlikable teams in football when that guy was their head coach. He was such a dick. I didn't. I didn't. I hated that guy. I, I relished beating the Lions when he was when he was the head coach. But he comes in. But no one can argue with the guy's record as a defensive coordinator. So this is actually a good thing, you know, for you guys that he's coming in. Are you switching up the scheme? Is he is he going four three? Because I know you guys have been three four for quite a while.
0: I think I think they're going four three. Um, and the thing that the thing that really um, excites me is they bring in help to help uh, Miles Garrett. Excuse me. Um, the Browns have great corners. The Browns have fantastic yeah, yeah. corners. Um, that's the very underrated thing about the team. Two first round picks. Guys- right? Yeah, two first round pick. Greg Newsom's really good. And both, they're both working. Greg Newsom's really good. He had an offseason, but he's still really good. I think he was playing out of position because our last um, defensive coordinator was a freaking idiot. You want to know why we lost that Jets game? Look at Joe Woods. You suck, Joe Woods. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, you have um, Greg Newsom at corner, Denzel Ward. Um, Emerson was a kick that we drafted last year. That was a great pick by Andrew Barry. Uh he's great. And we have Brady Williams. Actually, I think they got rid of Brady Williams thinking about it, but bringing a walk there, for him would big. Uh, you know, I, I just we just need a competent defense. Um just give Deshaun Watson everything this man did not have in Texas. And having at least a competent defense could get wins. Think about this. We won seven games last year with one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah. Um, Ja'Cory Brissett didn't play bad. Right. Uh, uh, you, you know, Kevin Stance got the best out of Jacoby, And, you know, I was at a lot of those games last year. Um, and a lot of those games we lost in the clutch time, either because the defense could not get shot or Ja'Cory set threw a late game in reception. So if you fix those two things, that, that seven wins turn ten wins because seven and ten is not too far off from ten and seven in the NFL. Right. There's only two or three touchdowns.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it. just looking at the um, at the scores, obviously the Jets was thirty-one to thirty, uh, the Falcons hmm. twenty-three to twenty, the Ravens twenty-three to <laughs> twenty. Um, let me see, one score game, Bills thirty-one twenty-three. So you had that one there, and then the the, the loss to the Saints seventeen to ten. So it's like those one score games. Basically, you get one or two breaks in in a couple of those games, and you're looking at a completely different season you're looking at some more wins you're not looking at a seven out of eight game losing streak in the or excuse me six out of seven my bad six out of seven you're not you're not looking at that right in the heart of the of the season uh you know like that and and, you know probably a much different trend and you and i'm not talking to you because you're not a fourth place finisher in the the division if you're 10 and 7 and you know on on the on the fringe of the playoffs and, and things so it's um it's 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 pretty interesting. And, and the same thing kind of happened to the Bears. Like in the beginning of the season, the defense was good because we still had uh, Robert Quinn and Roquan on the defensive side. But we couldn't really get it figured out on offense. Then we go on on our mini bye And starting with that game against New England on Monday Night Football, the Bears went on a game like five, six games in a row. Where we scored more than 30 points with no defensive help. So it's not like we scored three touchdowns and we got a pick six or something like that. It was all the offense, but the defense couldn't make a stop to save their lives. You know, it just, that's what happened over and over again was like, it became a thing where we have to outscore everybody as opposed (laughs) to being able to just flat out beat our opponent and win the game. We, you know, we have to play Madden. We have to, whoever's got the ball last is going to win a kind of thing. And that didn't work out for the Bears uh, last year. So it's like, you know, that happened a lot, three and 14, would have been a lot different if we could have won a handful of those games, and three and fourteen is a lot different than seven and ten, eight and nine for a team that was, you know, working its way up like it was uh, last year. So, but
0: yeah, you know, I, you know, I really like what the Bears are doing, though. Um, if I oh, ahead, I'm the honest, i think Okay i Yeah, so I mean,
2: it's it was um, it, it's it was interest. It's interesting to see or how funny it is in the league for one or two things to be different, how much that can actually change uh, a season. I was, I was having the same conversation uh, with when I was talking about the Dolphins last year. In 2021, they, they had that weird year where they lost seven in a row and then won eight in a row uh, You know, kind of thing. But it's like even during that seven-game win streak in the, in the first big part of the season – they lost like two games by a field goal, one game by one point, and you know it's like if they get a couple of calls there, that nine and eight season they ended up having they're twelve and five instead and you know and and they're definitely going to the playoffs, even challenging for the division and and things like that and it's amazing how just a, a change here, some luck there, you know maybe a little you know uh, boost in the talent department here and you're you're looking at a completely different outcome uh, to your season so it's um, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds for the, the Browns. The one thing that just will not work out for you guys is the division that you're in. Because traditionally, oh. the Steelers and the Ravens are always in the mix, and then the Bengals have been very un like the last couple of years, Challenge, like going to the AFC title game two years in a row, going to the Super Bowl You know, in, in 2021. Hell, they should have gone last year, if not for that dumbass penalty uh, at the end of the game. <laughs> Uh, against the Chiefs, they were in a position to at least force overtime uh, or whatever, and you know that's six games against three of the best teams the AFC has to offer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you know, every year you think the Steelers are going to be bad, and you're like, yeah, Steelers are going to be good this year, and they still find a way to win games. She's like, <laughs> they
2: stop, they stop find a way, that. they it's... find a way to keep that streak going for Tomlin every single year. Every single year. It's, it's like, just disgusting. It's disgusting
0: how they like you watch the way the Steelers win games. It just it's just like every the ball always seemed to just bounce the Steelers away. It's just yeah. the most frustrating thing ever. Like like just watch like watch the Steelers win. You'd be like, Well, how did they win that game? They just outhearted the other team and they just outhearted their way to five
2: hundred. Yeah. Every single year. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. It's I hate you, Pittsburgh. Yeah, it, it happens. Every, every single year they find a, uh, a way to, uh, you know, to figure it out. And, um, and like I said, the, the, the Bengals have been doing very un like things the last few years, like Joe Burrow is, uh, you know, genius. And then you have the Ravens, who always seem to be in the mix no matter what uh, as well. So it's what? just like with, with all the improvements the Browns have made and, and, and how things are kind of looking up going into the season, six games against mm-hmm. that, it's a lot to contend with.
1: be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
0: Yeah, no, um, well, you know, I mean, if you, um, in order to beat the best, in order to beat the best, you had to beat the best. So, sure. you know, is you know, you won the division, you're set. if you won that division, you have respect from grind in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like the AFC North is, um, the most physical division in football, um, you know, there's always a fight. There's, you know, there's always, like, the smack talk between cities. Like, these are four very rough cities. Cleveland, Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. Like, these cities are unforgiving against each other. Sure. It's a smack talk. It's, uh, it's a battleground, AFC North. Every single AFC North game is a, is a battleground. It's very fun to watch. Yeah. Um. I don't think the Ravens and the Steelers are going to be as good as they were um, last year. I think both of the teams are actually going to take a step back. Um, I just I just think that Lamar has been regressing since his rookie season. Um, and I watch Lamar closely. Like I've been going, since I graduated college, I've been going to a lot of football games. And I graduated 18. So I've seen Lamar play a lot. And... I don't think people want to admit it, but the league's catching up to him very quickly, and, you know, right now I sound like a hater because I'm a Browns fan, but just look at his numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, they're coming down, and I don't think Kenny Pick is that good. So I don't really think the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Ravens are going to be um, as deadly as what the Bengals are, because the Bengals are a Super Bowl, too. Right. Like, that's a team that can win a Super Bowl. Right. I don't think the Steelers and the Ravens can win a Super Bowl.
2: Right, and you know, I I think that I think you maybe it's got to happen eventually. Kind of like we as Bear fans in the NFC North, without Aaron Rodgers, we're expecting a dip from the Packers. Finally, you know what I'm saying? I, I and I, I, on draft night, I was I was on a, a Vikings podcast on, on draft night, giving my thoughts on, on the Bears and their draft class, and a Packer guy came on, and they were asking him questions about Jordan Love. I was like, God help me. If Jordan love is, is good, you know, it's like Brett Favre took over a starting quarterback for the Packers in 1992. I was a freshman in high school. I am 45 goddamn years old and we are just now getting clear of him and the guy who replaced him who was even better than him. He's finally gone. So it's like now that the division is wide open again, God help me. If Jordan Love turns out to be special too, I will throw myself in traffic. It's like I I can't handle another 15 years of this. So, you know, please God, just <laughs> let him be average to mediocre. Let us have a nice little period where the division is a wide open race as opposed to it being Green Bay except for that one year that things didn't go well and somebody else won the division one out of 8 years. Uh, or something like that. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's so, but it's just like waiting for those teams to have that downfall and thinking it's going to happen eventually, but they somehow always seem to figure it out. Whether that's, you know, good good work from the front office or just flat out good coaching that, you know, they were able to get that out of their their players or whatever, the Steelers and the Ravens always seem to, you know, to figure it out one way or the other, but you're still waiting for that, that fall to come. And I agree with you about Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, I thought one of the things that was hindering um, talks with the, with the Ravens and, and the new contract and everything didn't have anything to do with his price tag and everything to do with the fact that he wasn't worth it. You know, it's like he is a, he is yeah. a special talent. He's, yeah. a, he's a great player. But like you said, A, the NFL appears to be catching up to him, so his numbers aren't – he's still making his plays. Because I remember that that Dolphins game earlier in the season, he had like an 80-yard touchdown. Run doing Lamar Jackson things yeah. uh, and whatnot, but those moments are becoming few and more far between versus that MVP season he had in 2019, where he would literally took over the league. It's like, but yeah. you know, I think the NFL is on to him, like kind of like I'm worried how the NFL might be on to Justin Fields going into this year. I don't think he's going to have too many 160 yard rushing games uh, this season just because, yeah. you know, defenses are going to be really focused on stopping, um, stopping Justin Fields. That's why it's important for DJ Moore and Chase Claypool and all those guys to step up around him so we can offset what we're going to be losing uh, there. But it's like, you know, the same thing with, with Lamar Jackson. You know, the money that he's, he's making, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that, like, you know, A, you haven't finished a season in, what, two or three seasons at least. The last two seasons he yep. was hurt, missed sizable portions of the year. And I think the NFL is catching up. Uh, to you. So what are we actually going to get for this money that we're giving you other than a salary cap problem down the road when we're trying to get rid of you? So it's like, I, I think that's why it took so long for a deal to get done uh, between the two sides. And it just finally came to a head and they got a, they got a deal uh, finished, but we'll see how it all, how it all tapers out there. Any, anybody on the either free agent addition or free agent subtraction list that, uh, that hurts, especially or helped, or that you were excited about?
0: Uh, I was tell you, I was very excited about Zarius Smith, um, but I'm very, I think Elijah Moore is the one that probably got me the most excited because mm-hmm. I thought that he was underutilized uh, in New York. Um, I think that
2: John yeah. Watson. It's just ask he's
0: going to be him. a better quarterback than Zach Wilson.
2: Yeah, I was like, just ask him. He'll tell you. <laughs> this is the guy that was demanding a trade out of I New he's York. He's really so. excited, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so if you thought he was underutilized, yeah, yeah. just you ask. Him him. Um,
0: you yeah, know, him, him and Deshaun Watson are best friends, or not their best friends, but they've been hanging out a lot together. Sure. Um, Watson is not doing commercials or any kind of media or anything. So he's practicing football every day. Right. Even when he's on vacation, he's practicing football. He's a team. He was like, all right, I'm going to Puerto Rico, and I'm taking the entire offense with me. an the entire offense went out to Puerto Rico. And they party and they play football in the stands. I like that. Yeah. I want to see that in my offseason. <laughs> <Like, laughs> working on vacation. I like it. They're going to party. You might as well put football around too, right?
2: Absolutely. <laughs> so speaking of yeah, – so, uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 go ahead. No, I was going to say, I just
0: going to say more has been with him. who just been around Deshaun Watson the entire time. They've been practicing. So that was great look at.
2: Sure. So speaking of Deshaun – uh, because of of him and his acquisition uh the browns were watching for most of day 1 and a good portion of day 2 uh of this year's uh draft but still in the end came away with uh with seven picks uh like you normally would if you had you know all of your picks to to start with two in the 3rd two in the 4th two in the 5th and then one in the 6th round and it got some really interesting guys even 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 though the you know you guys were drafting, you know, much later on, uh, you know, you get you pick up Dewan Jones in the fourth round, uh Dorian Thompson Robinson, the quarterback out of UCLA, you can you know, develop him and to be a good backup. And then probably my favorite pick, somebody that I was hoping the Bears would pick, especially since he was just on the board, Luke Whipler from from Ohio State, the the center. Like the Bears could use an upgrade at center, and this was somebody that I was seeing mock drafts of the Bears taking him in the second or third round, and he's still there at 190 in the sixth when the Browns finally take him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was was big. Um, And the Browns got one of their offensive lines in the league, and the reason why we have a great offensive line is because of our offensive line coach and the culture that they built. Um, One thing that Joe Thomas' legacy left is a great cultural offensive line, it's actually kind of cool the culture they have there and the coaching um and coaching environment around the offensive line. So we can really develop that kid. Um Judge Wills has been working out as well as we want him to be. So you know I mean, hey. Um but um you know so we might be able to work him off the line and get that kid in there. So um hopefully he's a he's a great center. Hopefully he's a great center for our team for years to come. Um I'm really looking forward to seeing to get
2: developed. Yeah, and then the the top pick and for you guys. Was it number 74, Cedric Tillman, the wide receiver out of Tennessee, uh, Siaka Ika? Is that how you pronounce the last mm-hmm. name, Ika? Uh, defensive tackle out of, so. Baylor, out of Baylor, uh, was your second, third rounder. Then, as I mentioned, Dewan Jones, tackle out of Ohio State. Isaiah McGuire, defensive end out of Missouri. Then, Dorian Thompson, Robinson. I saw him getting mocked as early as the second round, and there he is at 140 in the fifth. Uh, for you guys. Nice. And then Cameron Mitchell, the corner out of Northwestern. You guys love those Northwestern corners. And then uh, Ohio State uh, with Duke, uh, Luke Whippler to, to to round out the uh, the class. And for someone who's not the biggest draft Nick in the world, like I love watching the NBA draft, but I'm not a guy who spends his offseason studying all of these players. That's just, I don't know about, you know, Cameron Mitchell's hip movement and how well he responds <laughs> to, you know, deep balls and uh, you know, what kind of hands or hips he has or, or anything like that. But you start to hear about certain people. You, you, you get, a, you know, a, a feel for who the names are. And I know a lot of the guys on the, in your draft class, DeWan Jones, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, Luke Whipler, and things like, you know. So, like, name recognition-wise, you know, it looks like a pretty good group of, um, of players despite not getting a pick until late in the third round.
0: Yeah, um, very smart draft by AB um, Andrew Berry. Um, you know, a lot of time, every single time he trades down, always he always makes sure he has a stock of second or third, fourth round picks. Um, the third, fourth, fifth round, the middle of the draft. That's where most of the starters are picked in the draft in the first place. So you can get a lot of great players in that little in those rounds um, in the league. So you know, um, it's always important to just be smart and be a great time. Evaluator and um you know, we're gonna see how some of those picks pan out because that receiver at Tennessee, that's a very interesting pick. I don't know how he's gonna work out, but he's a big dude. Hmm. Okay. He's a big dude. He's a very tall guy. He's six foot seven, I think, or six no six foot four. Okay. Six foot four, he well, is, Yeah, he's a tall well, dude.
2: Well trust me, as as a Bears fan, I know that uh, you know, day <laughs> day three is a great place to find, you know, low key starters. You know, or, or backdoor starters, you know, like you, you when you're picking in the fourth and fifth rounds, you know, you're thinking maybe somebody that you can, you know, can come off the bench, can contribute, can add depth. You're not thinking, oh, this is day one starter here, you know, but our, our former GM, Ryan Pace, for every guy in the first round, like Kevin White, who didn't amount to a thing we have in the fourth round in the fourth and fifth round, guys like Jordan Howard, Eddie Jackson uh, you know, just like one name after another, our, our current defensive end, Travis Gibson, Darnell Mooney was a fifth round pick. It's just like we get one pick after another of guys like that where it was swinging a miss in the first round, maybe even in the second, but fourth, fifth round, that's how he filled the roster and put talent on the field, like finding these gems that, uh, you know, in so in day three, so it's like, you might not know who they are, but you're definitely <laughs> going to know who they are very soon you know, if the GM is worth his salt because, you know, Darnell Mooney's one of our best players. Uh, You know, Jordan Howard was a great running back for us. Um, The little running back whose name I'm forgetting right now that, uh, you know, we had on the team for years and he got hurt. Um, God damn it. I'm going to kick myself in the ass for not remembering that one. But, you know, he was a fourth round pick uh, as well. So just like day three, trust me, I know that uh, you, can, you can definitely find if there was one thing he was good at was finding the future of the team in the fifth round versus being able to bank on his first-round pick. You get excited about those fifth-rounders, but the first-rounders are like, yeah, we'll have to wait and see on the first-rounder as opposed to the fifth-rounder. Like, yeah, this guy might be something because he's only hit on fifth-round picks seven years in a row. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how that goes. So let's talk about the schedule. You guys have, uh, so you have the Mm -hmm. NFC West and looks like the AFC South. Well, you are the AFC South or you you are the AFC North.
0: Um,
2: yeah, yeah, you're in the North and you are playing the South. So I'm seeing Tennessee, Indianapolis. So you're playing the AFC South, the NFC West outside of your, your, your regular schedule. You have us, the Jets and who else for the same place? Us, the Jets, and the Broncos. So those are your same place uh, finishers uh, as well. How do you feel about the early buy? You you play four games and then you have of week five bye week this year.
0: Yeah, I, I, I always like it when the buy is in the middle of the season. I always think that's the most efficient thing. It's mm-hmm. really hard. Early buy just it kind it kind of really like put like a it really makes the season look long. Um, they do get that Thursday night football game on the sixteenth, or on the sixteenth week, seventeenth week, I believe. Yeah. Um. So that that might break up the season a little bit for them. Um. You know, maybe they might get flexing something that might give them a little more time to rest. But yeah, no, that early buy is horrible. So it's very important to, to win games so we get flex in a good spot, or we yeah. can rest it in the season.
2: Something. Yeah, and these first what five games even with even with the bye, you know, cutting them up a little bit. I mean, the NFL did you a favor by having 4 out of those 5 games at home, so at least you have that. But home for Cincinnati, at Pittsburgh on Monday night, home for the Titans, home for the Ravens, bye week, home for the 49ers. You're like, "Do you hate us?" Is that what's happening here? Yeah. You know, the 3 I out of our, us are all three of <laughs> all three of our division opponents, one of the the better AFC South teams and the team that probably should have gone to the Super Bowl had they not had to – had they had to play without a quarterback in the NFC title game, uh, and that's how we're starting the year. Now, granted, like I said, four out of those five games are in Cleveland, but that's still – that's five pretty tough games to have to start. We're going to find out who the Browns are right away uh, with the schedule like this. Oh, yeah, we are. So, because they're, they're going to get tested not only in, in, in the talent level or, you know, the toughness of the teams they're playing, but – just, it's just, it, it, there's no room for error to start the year. So, I mean, the, it could easily be that with the teams that you're playing, 0-5 is not out of the realm of possibility just because of the teams you're playing. Not because the Browns are a bad team, but because the teams that they're playing can win. You know, it's like these are, you know, winnable games for the, for the, for the Browns, you know, especially the division games. You beat the Bengals and the Steelers. Actually, you beat all three teams. Uh, last year. So it's winnable in the fact that they're division opponents. They're familiar. You know how to beat those teams. But the the Ravens and Bengals, Steelers, Titans, 49ers recently good football teams that win a lot of football games. So it uh it's not a f- a very friendly way for you guys to start out the uh year when when your break is week 7 on the road at Indianapolis.
0: So yeah, it, yeah, yeah, they, 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 the NFL really does hate us. <laughs> like, I'm, I know a lot of people think that. A lot of people like you're like too like all oh, the NFL haters. Like, I heard Pittsburgh fan, not Pittsburgh fans, New England Patriots fan, go like the NFL hates y- uh, hate us. Like, no, they don't. No, they don't. Yeah. Like, the NFL sports is like high school. Sports is like high school. This is why people love sports. Uh, it reminds them of high school day. It's like Mean Girls. You know, you got all the tables. You got the cool kids, the popular kids, the nerds,
2: the kids that are just kind of weird. The kids that just that you just respect. And then you got the Browns. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that one table nobody I, wants to sit at.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's us. That's us. Yeah, yeah. So people, so the NFL doesn't like us. Uh People don't really want to watch us on television, so like, yeah, they go to they're going to do whatever they can to give us the hardest schedule out the gate.
2: Yeah. So, like I said, it's Cincy, hard. <laughs> Cincy at home, Pittsburgh on the road on Monday night, then Tennessee and Baltimore at home before the early bye. Uh, coming off the bye, you have the 49ers still at home. Then you got Indy on the road playing at the Seahawks. No matter how good or bad the Seahawks are, that's a tough place to play. Yeah. Home, for the, home for the Cardinals and then at the – Ravens. Uh, now we're in. We're in mid November already. At this point, yeah. Then you have your home for the Steelers to finish off that series at Denver at the Rams. I wonder is is that going to be one of those trips where you guys like, hey, we went out to Denver and then we stayed in LA before we played the Rams instead of coming all the way back to Cleveland and flying all the way back to Los Angeles. Like it's like with the way the schedule is, it wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that you guys are staying somewhere between, you know, L.A. And, and Denver rather than going all the way back to Cleveland like that with, Ooh, with the back-to-back West Coast serious, trips. Yeah.
0: Cleveland, I don't want those players in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> nah. yeah. Keep it, them in oh the mountains and <laughs> that low altitude
2: in, in, in Denver. They won't mess around uh, too much uh, out there. <laughs> and then uh, you finish out the year. Week fourteen, you're at your home for Jacksonville, home for the Bears, so we finally see you guys week fifteen, which is one of those games that's to be determined. So we have no idea we know that it's happening week fifteen. It'll be on Saturday or Sunday, but we probably won't know until about two weeks before when the game is actually taking place. We know it's taking place in Cleveland, week fifteen, but when exactly during the week, like is it gonna be one of those Saturday games? Is it gonna be a Sunday game or, or whatever the case is? That's the Bears and the Browns this year. You're at the Texans, so you get to play the Texans again uh, this year. That's just because you're playing the AFC South. Then, like I said, you have that Thursday nighter against the Jets and then finish out at Cincinnati. So you start and finish with the Bengals, kind of like the Bears start and finish with the Packers uh, this year. So nice. that's the schedule in a, in a nutshell uh, for you. You know, the AFC South... Looking at it through the 2022 lens, you know, nobody really deserved to make the playoffs, but the Jaguars made it because they happened to win uh, the division. So four winnable games there for the Browns, because even though the Jaguars are up and coming, the Tennessee Titans are tough. They blew it down towards the end of the end of the season. The Colts are still trying, are still struggling, as are the Texans, obviously. So it's like, Having the AFC South in a year where you guys are trying to trend up is is a lucky break uh, for you guys as far as how the rotation in the schedule yeah. works. So
0: Yeah. You know, honestly, look at the schedule. Um, kind of look at the positive perspectives of it. The first four weeks of the NFL season are always on third anyway. Um, even good teams struggle in the first four weeks of the NFL season. The Browns come out prepared, they can beat some of those, tight, some of those tough matchups early sure. in the season. Yeah. Um, you know, especially if they get hot early. So, you know I mean? You might be able to take the Bengals off balance that first game of the season at home. You might be able to get the Steelers, um, a Young Steelers team, while they're trying to figure things out. And you might be able to get a Ravens team if they're trying to figure out their offense. So, you know I mean? It's not... It's not... Unfathomable that, they, that they're that they able to tread water those first couple games, and they come out those first couple games hot. That's the tone for the, rest of the season.
2: Well, yeah, that's like, like um, I was mentioning, um, you know, before you know, the uh, you know, like you have your three division opponents in the first four weeks right off the bat, you have the Titans and the 49ers, like, mm-hmm. and the only game that I would flat out say you're not going to win is that 49ers game. That's the only one, like, if I was a betting man, I'm taking the 49ers all day nah. in that one. But the, the Bengals, the Steelers, the Titans, the Ravens, I believe that I would not be surprised to see you guys two and two, three and one if the ball if the ball bounces right for you guys, because number one, you beat all three of your division opponents last year. The Titans you know, finishing twenty twenty two, very beatable team for you guys. And like you mentioned, it's early in the season. Everybody's still trying to figure it out in that first month. Nobody really starts hitting their stride until like week seven, week eight. You know, before they're firmly established teams yep. and everything, it's like on paper, it's scary. You got the team that probably should have gone to the Super Bowl last year to start the year. The Steelers, just traditionally a tough team that wins lots of football games. The Titans, until the, the last back half of the season, were the class of the AFC South, and then they just went off a cliff. The Ravens, again, another traditionally good mm-hmm. team. And then the 49ers, probably one of the toughest teams in the NFL, let alone you know, the NFC uh, West. So on paper, it's scary, but it's definitely not as daunting when you, like like we're doing right now, you sit back and you really take a look at it. You see the forest for the trees and it's not as daunting as the knee-jerk reaction of Bengals, Steelers, Titans, Ravens, shit. You know, it's like, it's 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 definitely not, it's not as formidable as it might appear to be on paper when you take in the full context, the time of year, those are division opponents. We've beaten those teams before, so it's not impossible to think you could do it again.
0: Yeah. 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 Especially when we have a quarterback like Deshaun Watson. Get that guy momentum.
1: Get
0: that guy confidence. Look out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, like I said, you have the AFC South this year. Those are winnable games, even against the Jaguars, who are a very talented young team uh, and everything. You have the Broncos I hope they figure it out just for Russell's, Russell Wilson's sake, because last year was a disaster uh, for that guy. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. bringing in, in Sean Payton, <clears throat> hopefully they can figure it out just for the guy's legacy, because he was nothing but a joke yeah. last year, that whole Broncos country let's ride thing that he beat into the ground. <laughs> you know, he, he, just, he, he just, God bless him, just reminds me of that guy who's the furthest thing from cool, just trying to be cool with every breath he takes. It's like, dude, can you you just be you, you know, and stop trying to be something else? It's like, just take a step back, man. It's not all that serious. Just go out there and play football and let everybody be in love with you like they were when you were in Seattle. You come into Denver and you know you're the franchise guy that gave up the house to bring you in and you're just trying so hard. It's like, just, just relax, man. Play the game, see how it goes. No more let's ride nonsense. Let's just play... The game, you got a coach who's going to take a lot of the pressure off of you. You know, let, let's for his legacy, I hope it turns around uh, for him because last year was a disaster and could put an ugly scar on what has been a pretty great career so far. So uh, I, 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 I hope it fig- figures itself out uh, for him because 2022 was bad. It was really, really bad.
1: VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So I mean
0: Yeah, Russell uh, so, the thing about Russell is he might be what everybody thought Tom Brady was gonna be to uh, Bill Belichick.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's crazy to think about. Like he, he, like, like he, his last season in Seattle wasn't that good. What do you think about it. Mm. Maybe,
2: yeah. No, maybe I mean, I, I, off. I was convinced that when when Brady left New England, he was going to go off a cliff. I thought it was, and I knew Brady was was talented. He's definitely one of the greatest players uh, of all time. You'll never be able to sell me on the idea of him being the greatest of all time. I've seen too much football to believe that even for a second. But, um. I really did think he would go from great to average anywhere else, and then the son of a bitch wins the Super Bowl his first year away from New England. It's like, of course he did. It's like, I still don't believe that Brady's the greatest of all time, but I will not be winning that argument anytime soon. It's just, you know, six titles and then number seven without Belichick leading the charge. It's like, yep, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm not having that argument anymore. I don't believe Brady's the greatest of all time, but there's no way I'm going to be able to you know, out, out argue someone who's just going to keep leaning on seven championships and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. We, we, we watched it happen recently. Like it was something that we all like everybody, nobody It's not like anybody just like, Hey, do you remember Tom Brady? Nah, like, that's this is for my time. No, no, no. We all, we all seen it happen. We all just watched it happen.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, because I'm, I'm 45. So yeah. I'm 45. I'm only a year younger than Tom Brady and half my life. He was in the NFL. You know, he played twenty twenty <laughs> two 22 seasons of my, uh, I, you know, 44 during the season last year, he was year 22 in the league for him. So literally wow. half my life, he's been in the NFL. You can't really say that about many players, let alone a quarterback. You know, I can say that about Morton Anderson, who was a kicker, you know, played in the league for 20 something years. And, and I think George Blanda from like the, 60s and 70s still hold the record play like 28 seasons but he was a kicker in the back end of his uh career so you know seeing a quarterback push the the 20-year mark and, and playing at a high level the whole time is uh is unbelievable so but we'll see what happens and then you guys are playing the rams i'm really interested to see what they are going to amount to uh this year after the the super bowl hangover that they had last season yeah you know, they had a bunch of injuries. Nothing seemed to go right for them last year. Stafford got hurt and missed a chunk of the season uh, and everything. It gave Baker Mayfield some place to go uh, at the end of the year, and yeah. kind of revive his career a little bit. But other than that, 2022 was nothing to talk about uh, for the Rams and everything. So I'm interested to see what they're going to, to shape up uh, to be. Want to see if, if, if Seattle can repeat. The magic that they had last year with Geno Smith and 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 all that kind of stuff, and uh, you know the Cardinals. The Cardinals are rebuilding. I think the Cardinals are playing for twenty twenty four, right now, especially with yeah. the, with the Texans first or first round pick in their back pocket. They're they're hoping that uh, yeah. they're going to have number one and number two or something like that in in the draft next year because they're not going to be good, and they're banking on the Texans not being good either. So like two top. Two top five, two top three picks is what they're, what they're playing for uh, this year because they didn't load up and try to win football games. That new GM is, is doing what my guy just got done doing, was just tearing it down and building it back up uh, again. So Yeah, yes. it's uh It's an interesting uh, schedule. And how do you – oh, you guys are only playing one because the Bears were lucky that we are scheduled for two Thursday night games this year. You know, and, and the NFL kind of also got rid of its everybody's playing on Thursday night rule because the Cardinals don't have any primetime games. Every game is on Sunday for them. They don't play a primetime game all season, not on Sunday night, Monday, Thursday, nothing. They're playing Sunday at 3, Sunday at noon. That's all they're doing uh, all wow. season long. Wow. But you guys, you know, the, the, the two Thursday night games, Like, I don't like Thursday night football, period especially for the players themselves. You're asking them, as rigorous and as dangerous as football is, you're asking them to do a 72-hour turnaround and play another football game. And, and obviously the reward yeah. is, is 10 days off after that, but still. You know, it's just too much. And now you're going to ask them to do it twice in a season? It's madness. So I, for one, was not a fan when I heard. And then yeah. I was really not a fan when I saw the Bears were one of those lucky teams that got two scheduled Thursday night games. So, and now they're talking about flexing the Thursday night. That's insane, insane. So, not a fan across the board. What do you think?
0: Well, I mean, well as a Browns fan, I enjoy the Thursday, night game. We Thursday night games we haven't had Thursday night games since 2017. Um, so, they've been thoroughly enjoyable for me. Um, I witnessed I, a lot of fun stuff on Thursday night. Like, I went to every single Browns Thursday night game since 2018, including the Miles Garrett helmet game. Oh, um, so uh, <laughs> Thursday night games are great because usually the home team wins the Thursday night game. So great betting it's great for Ben. Okay. Uh, so I'm one of the few people in the world who actually enjoy Thursday night games, but I do thoroughly agree with you that uh, the NFL has gotten ridiculous with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy. I don't understand. I I to say why like NFL and play more games on Friday night, and I know there's a high school thing, but like nobody's gonna go to a high school football or go to a high school football game over an NFL game. Yeah. And, so, I like, I really think like Friday night football is more worth thinking NFL. I think that 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 might make more sense for everybody, honestly. Well, you know, Kyle. Uh, but like, go ahead. What, what is that?
2: Well, no, Kyle, I'm, listening. I'm listening. Kyle Brandt from from Good Morning Football. He is uh actually directly petitioned the commissioner, Roger Goodell, for the Super Bowl to be moved to Saturday. Mm. Because because so that the Super Bowl hangover would be on Sunday and nobody misses work on Monday, as opposed to the way it is now. Super Bowl is played on Sunday, like most football games, and Monday is one of the most missed work days in the country because yes. people have either party too much, or for me, I take that Monday off every single year. I call it my National Day of Mourning. Now that the football season is officially <laughs> over, you know, not because I had a few too many Budweisers the night before or anything like that. It's just because football season is over and I'm sad. I don't feel like working today, kind of thing. But nonetheless, it's one of those days that people either take off or call off sick in the in the entire country is the day after the Super Bowl. So it's basically a national holiday. Essentially, for all the people that take it off uh, from, uh, from work. And, and Kyle Brandt was trying to petition Goodell to move the Super Bowl to Saturday so that you would have Sunday to recover and you can get on with your life and your week come Monday morning, uh, kind of thing. So, like, Ooh, that was fun, man. That's That's, a, the parties, man, the parties yeah. on Saturday night for Super Bowl. That was Brandt's uh, you know, his argument is like, then you, don't, you can just recklessly do whatever you want for the game, whether your team is playing. Or not, you can just go all out because you've got all day Sunday guaranteed to have the day off yeah. before you have to go back to work on Monday uh, and whatnot. It's like, but, you know, right now he's, and I think he just kind of laughed it off. He's like, yeah, we're, we're kind of sticking with, with Sunday uh, for now. But it's like the idea is out there, and Kyle Brandt is pounding the table uh, for it uh, and everything. To have it move to Saturday so that the recovery day is, is part of the weekend to begin with. So, I don't know. But, you know, you're right, though. The it's NFL could own any day that it wants to. You know, like if they, they wanted really to play Tuesday or Wednesday night games, those are going to be your top ratings getter no matter who's playing. So, because yeah. it's the NFL and the yeah. NFL owns America, people are going to watch yeah. So
0: Yeah. And and going back to your point, it is it is unfair, you know, me I'm needing unselfishly unselfish. It is unfair to NFL is kind of forcing the Thursday night game down people's throat. But I do like the fact that they can flex now so we won't have to worry about watching two one in five teams or two one in ten teams play each other on Thursday night football.
2: I agree. So we finally I, I enjoy watching it. I mean, and that's the, the thing about the, the way that the T V deal is gonna be structured now is that Mm -hmm. basically what they're saying is like every game is a free agent. So it's not like AFC plays on CBS, NFC plays on Fox. Apparently it's a free for all now. And you're, you're out to, you know, to get who you want. And I, I've, I don't know how it's going to work, but I've heard like the flex schedule thing, you know, like we've already heard they're going to be flexing games to Thursday. I've also heard they're possibly going to be flexing games to Monday as well. So, The Monday night schedule isn't locked in from day one. The Thursday night schedule isn't locked in for the reason that you just stated. You know, like I remember one year, I forget, I think it was in the 90s or whatever, one of the big games on the schedule for Monday night football before Sunday night football became a thing, Monday night was the night that everybody watched uh, the NFL. And it was like a late season Packers versus Ravens game in like 98 or 99. And by the time we got to that game, the Packers were like four and ten. The Ravens were three and eleven. It's like who cares? But this is the marquee matchup, and it's like this is why the NFL came up with flex scheduling. Is for at the beginning of the season, this looked like a monster matchup. Matchup late in the year, two playoff teams going at it, but you flexed it out because they were dogs that year, and you put in a game that everybody would want to see uh, in its place. So flex scheduling has its merits, but. You know the whole th- the Thursday night thing. I've never been a fan of, other than giving me something to watch on on Thursday. But uh, yeah, you know, college football is on every day of the stinking week except Sunday, so I don't necessarily need the NFL to fill up my Thursday nights. <laughs> so, but,
0: see, I'm not a big college football fan. So like, yeah, so I, I'm 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 all NFL. Like, yeah. high school football watchable for me. But like, I, I'm all like I used to be a college football fan, but you know they. There were things that kind of ruined it for me. Yeah,
1: uh, the there, funny there thing, were coaches
0: that kind of
2: ruined it for me. The funny thing about <laughs> the the about college and, and the pros for me is that I can't go to an NFL game. Like I just don't feel like the experience. I feel like I the, the experience is better at home for the pros. To be there, the atmosphere. <laughs> that's that's what college is for. You go there, for, yeah. you know the people tailgating, the alumni, you know the students that that whole nine yards. I think the, the atmosphere, NFL versus college football, college football's got that uh, all day long. People are so much more passionate about their teams uh, in college than they are uh, in the pros. It's like talent level, I'll take, yeah. the, I'll take the NFL every day of the week and, and twice on Sunday, no pun intended. But, you know, like watching like live experience, I've been to a lot of NFL games, and, and I've also have been to a ton of college games, and I would pick college over the pros as far as a live experience is concerned. It's like I feel like there's no better, there's no better sport on television than the NFL. Like there's just something about watching a game, you know, professionally broadcasted that just that no one else can hold a candle to. Not the not the NBA no. and you know none of it.
0: It's you know, you know the, uh, the those college football. You're going if you're going into like a marquee college football match, man. Those stadiums are loud, man. Mm. Those college football stadiums get loud. It's insane. Um, you know, as far as far as the experience, though, you know, you know, there are certain cities that tailgate more than others. So oh, I'm uh, sure,
2: you know, Chicago's a big tailgating city. <laughs> I know Cleveland probably is uh, as oh, well. Yeah. You,
0: well, you should probably come. You should come down. You should come down. Um, <laughs> we play our home, right? We play out here, right? Yeah, right. we do. Yeah, you should come to the meeting. Line. Yeah, the meeting is insane. The meeting is the uh, experience here in Cleveland. Yeah,
2: Cleveland in December. <laughs>
0: I don't know about that
2: so you know it's not yeah, like well
0: i mean you're from chicago so you I, to yeah, use, yeah I right like, but as far no, as like
2: taking a trip you know that i'm supposed to enjoy it's like i don't want to go into more <laughs> of the same you know it's all it already sucks in chicago and, and i live in iowa so you know it's like midwest weather nothing <laughs> changes drive. you know yeah so it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah, little, i don't know i don't know so we'll see i'm actually thinking about making a trip out to cleveland at some point because i want to go to the to the Hall of Fame, check out the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know, that kind of uh, kind of thing. So I might be headed out that way at some point just to to make a trip and, and, and see the place. And uh, maybe, you know, some good food nice. spots you can show me around. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, no, Cleveland, is, if you come to Cleveland, actually, if you really want to visit Cleveland, like, the best time to visit Cleveland is summertime. Right. Like, I'm trying to move out of here, but, like, I'm going to wait until the summer's over at least because the summertime of Cleveland is phenomenal because it's really not Super expensive, and there's a lot to do here in the summertime. Not just in like Cleveland, but uh, Sandusky's an hour away. There's plenty of stuff to do in Sandusky as well. It's, uh there's islands, there's boat water. It's very nice out here. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. The Midwest is underrated.
2: Yeah, Cleveland gets a the bad Midwest rap. Very- like in general, like Cleveland itself gets a bad rap. I I've never been there, but I know that. So you know, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Right. We're used to it. So let's let's wrap up here. What what are you looking at for for the Browns this year? It's like I know you're excited about the team, but how does that translate into wins and losses?
0: Um, well, at the end of the day, we mentioned Deshaun Watson a lot. At the end of the day, the success of the team falls on two people, and that's Deshaun Watson and Miles Garrett. Can Miles Garrett lead defense, and can Deshaun Watson lead the offense? Um, Miles Garrett has been a lot of flack the last year, and um, for the fan base. Um and I you know, I think some of his warranted, some of his unwarranted. He did wreck his car before he played Atlanta. I think we lost that Atlanta game because he didn't play. That's the win that we was talking about, who couldn't stop to run that game. So it was about Miles Garrett stepping to be a leader. He got new defense coordinator, he got a beef up defense. He need to have an all pro season this year. And he need to be a great leader and great step a great um keystone for our defense this year. And Deshaun Watson, he needs to have a Deshaun Watson season. If those two play up to their potential, then the Browns will be fine this year. Mm-hmm. Those are the big keys, even if we get DeAndre Hawkins or not. It's all about how well Deshaun Watson and how well Miles Garrett play this year. If they take a step forward and they play great, everything else falls I truly believe that.
2: So to play devil's advocate, let's say it doesn't go well, is Stefanski your coach mm-hmm. next year? No. 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 Not in the city. Is Andrew Berry still the GM? Does he get another chance? What do you think about that?
0: I think Andrew Barry stays. Mm-hmm. Um, dude made some very good moves. In the last, he done everything. Mm-hmm. Like Do literally done everything. Like I, I wouldn't get rid of Andrew Barry. It's not somebody I would get rid of. He, he, I think he got a good pulse of what's going on. So,
2: so he's smart. it's it's not hot yet, but you definitely think the seat is warm. For Stefanski coming into the oh, season oh yeah no it's
0: warm yeah. oh it's warm and, and i think i you know i don't i don't think it's kind of fair or warranted because he was put in a bad situation
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh for two years in a row um that's gonna be a young coach but yes i i do think the season is hot right
2: all right yeah so we'll uh we don't get to talk again until mid-december uh whenever that's right. happening the the Saturday, the 16th or Sunday, the 17th will be when we uh, finally week 15. So there'll be what six months before we get a chance to talk again. But I'd uh, love to have you back on to uh, to preview the matchup and, uh, you know, see how that one's going to turn out. I mean, obviously, with with the, the Bears are the first of the last four games uh, of the season. I think we'll have all of these questions answered as far as like how well Miles Garrett and Deshaun Watson led their respective halves of the ball uh, throughout 2023. Um, and, and it's funny, like the first two shows that I've done were the Cardinals and now, uh, the Browns in this opponent preview series week 15 and week 16, uh, for me, uh, you know, (laughs) for the bears. So it's like, I'm talking to you guys first, but the season will be over by the time I talk to you guys again. (laughs) So all of these things that we're questioning and previewing now will pretty much be answered by the next time we get a chance to have a conversation, uh, on the show. So, um, which tell everybody uh, everything you got uh, uh, going on where they can find you online, the Battle of Ohio, and, and your music, too, right?
0: Yeah, I do make music. I'm happy. you I was just about to say that, yes, I do make music. I um, work really hard on it. Um, you can find my music. I got a YouTube channel called the Thomas J. Network. Uh, I'm on Spotify under Thomas.j okay. um, and, or T Star. Um, T Star is my nickname. And you can find me on. Um, Twitter on t underscore star ninety four, and you can find me on Instagram with the same username t underscore star ninety four.
2: Now the, the uh, Thomas the yeah, Thomas I, J is that Thomas the letter J or J A Y?
0: Just Thomas the letter J. Okay, Thomas the letter J. Yeah, you can type in just one. You just type in the name of one of my songs and then like type in Brittany by Thomas J. Come up. Um, that's the most popular one, but yeah, you can check out any of the places you will find me. Um, I got TikTok. Uh, YouTube, all that
2: stuff. All right, sounds good. And for us football fans here, the Battle of Ohio podcast with Kyle Phelps, who is a friend of the show uh, as well. So, mm-hmm. um, when you guys yep. uh, are you guys doing shows yep. in the off season? Or are you waiting for the season to get started before you pick it back up again?
0: We're doing shows in the off season. We're just not doing shows as we're not doing weekly shows. We're actually talking about doing episodes soon. Yeah, um, there's always news with these two teams anyway, so. So we can always keep up last the last off season we didn't talk as much as we needed to. So yeah, we're still doing the show. Well I'm sure that,
2: that instead of talking about Deshaun Watson and the trade, the Joe Burrow contract would probably be be heavy talks <laughs> going into the off season. Will the extension happen during training camp before the season starts or is it something that's gonna linger yeah. throughout the year? Yeah you know, as he plays and, and drives yeah. the price up, you know, on the Bengals. And a team notorious for not paying its players. So we'll see how that works out uh for uh for the bands yeah. uh and everything so so tom thanks so much uh for coming on the show man we'll uh we'll 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 touch, get back in touch in, in in december see how the season's gone as it's winding down man
0: yeah man i'm really happy you're having this podcast by the way i'm really happy to speak to you you know you're great you do a fantastic job here
2: i appreciate that thanks so much man we'll talk to you again real soon
0: yeah, hopefully that's it, Saturday game. There's a Saturday game and there's a marquee
2: matchup. Amen. That's
0: my prediction. Yeah,
2: one of those NFL man, network games, right?
0: Oh, yeah, you gotta, you going to come to Cleveland. If they're both like playoffs, you're coming to Cleveland, man. We're to <laughs> have a
2: good time. All right, we'll figure that out. <laughs> All right, that's a bet. All right, we'll see you. There you have it, guys. Cleveland Browns for 2023. And um, yeah, interesting start to our same place opponent series. Game one and game two, who we talk to first. We talked to Arizona previously, we talked to Cleveland tonight. We don't see either one of these teams until week 15 and week 16 of the season. So all the questions that we've been asking in these first two episodes will have long been answered by the time we actually get to talk to these guys uh, again. Uh, but I really enjoyed my conversation uh, with Tom. Uh, be sure to uh, check out his music. You know, the guy likes uh, he likes to, he's he's a performer. Uh, he's got he's got a lot of talent. So check out his music on uh, Spotify and and everywhere else you can on the social uh, uh, media. And we look forward to having him back uh, in December uh, when the Bears and the Browns play. I mean, we still don't know when that's going to be because it's that weird TBD game. Uh, on the schedule for the Bears. We know we're playing on week 15, but I can't tell you if that's happening on Saturday or Sunday or God forbid Monday uh, with the way the flex scheduling works this year. But week 15, Bears and Browns in Cleveland, we know, we know that for sure. So we'll, uh, we look forward to having him back uh, in December to, uh, to preview that game. Now, as we close the book on the Cleveland Browns, we're not done with our same-place opponents yet. Next up, Brian, a.k.a. Mr. Who, From the Commanders Declassified Podcast will be joining us on Tuesday to preview the Washington Commanders. And, uh, you know, I guess the NFL just a glutton for punishment because not only are we playing the Commanders again, we're playing on Thursday night football again because who didn't get enough of that first game? You know, because I know, I know, like me, that you all just, you know, went back and started the stream over again, watched it from the beginning because that's how much goddamn fun that game was. You know, wasn't that just a tickle fest the whole time watching that abomination of a goddamn football game. Not to mention the orange uniforms with the orange helmets. Ugh, just a flat. Out. Not only did we look bad, we played awful in that game. So can't wait to rehash that uh, with Brian and uh, you know, we'll be dropping that episode for you guys on Tuesday. So, and then after we get done with, uh, with the Commanders, we close the book on our same-place opponents. We move on to the AFC West. First up, the Denver Broncos. Then we'll have the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, the LA Chargers, before finishing up with the defending world champion, Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, when I when – I, it's like I've got, a, I've got somebody – I've got everybody on the hook uh, or I've got somebody on the hook for every one of those teams. When we pin down uh, times and everything, I release the uh, – the release schedule for the AFC West, like I did for our same place opponents on Twitter and on Instagram. So be on the lookout for that. Come on back Tuesday. when We'll be talking about the Washington commanders with our good friend, Mr. Who from the commanders declassified podcast. And until then, my name is Larry D and this has been the bear stock underground.